Welcome to Sparrow Pictures Podcast, where we focus on the stories and not the headlines. Because we believe that stories can change the world. Get, Get ready, ready, because the, the show, show starts, starts now. Hey everybody, it's Dr. Kirk Elliott, and what a weekend, right? As you know, we've been talking a lot about central bank digital currency over the last six months or so. And what's happening to banks is a precursor to them bringing central bank digital currency in. Because see, as we've talked about, for something to be born, something else needs to die. So you got to kick the US dollar out as the world's reserve currency, right? So, so here we have a problem because the Council of Economic Advisors Basically, Biden's um, basically chief economic counsel, right? They give him the economic decisions. Guy by the name of, of Jared Bernstein is actually the been nominated now as the head of the Council for Economic Advisors. Well, he's been stated, um, basically interviewed by Congress in his nomination hearings. Uh, about dethroning the U.S. dollar as king. And the congressman that was interviewing said, I want to ask you this because it was an article that you wrote in 2014. Is this a true statement? He said, yes. It's like, what? <laughs> what? This is actually a true statement? Well, at least he told the truth, right? But see, they're not hiding anymore beyond the agenda of what they have. And this goes back to October um, when when we saw a video of Biden at an ice cream shop, just taking a lick of his double scoop ice cream cone. And he was asked, hey, are, are you concerned about the demise of the US dollar? And his answer was no. I'm more concerned about the demise of the global economy, right? So this is why, you know, the last couple of weeks, he's been in Japan while they were having debt ceiling talks with McCarthy. He thought the global economy was more important. Now his is, you know, with Bernstein is basically the head of the Council of Economic Advisors stating that, well, I actually think that the dollar should be dethroned as the world's reserve currency. It's like, you've got to be kidding me, right? You, you've, you've truly got to be kidding me. He's also a, a massive proponent of, of strong labor. So that's code for communism, right? Uh, labor unions and everything else. And so he wants a strong labor workforce. It's code for communism. He's not talking about a growing, thriving, vibrant economy where everybody's working. He wants labor unions. That's one of the, the communist manifesto's 10 tenets of success is labor unions, right? So, so you look at what's happening. We're, we're being basically commandeered by, by communist fascists at the top levels of government that are bragging about dethroning the U.S. dollar as king, moving headlong into a central bank digital currency. This is a problem. This is a problem for the U.S. dollar. This is a problem for the banking system. Now, also, you know, we had uh, spoken, you know, together as I do these commentaries back in January about a video that I saw in December with the FDIC. It should be accessible when people need to know, but I don't think you have much hope of, of reaching a public that doesn't have a professional need to know. I, I completely agree with that. I almost think you'd scare the public 
if you put this out, like, why are they telling me this? Should I be concerned about my bank? Like my insurance company doesn't tell me what they're doing with my assets. They just assume they're going to pay my claim. Right. It's, it's, I think you've got to think of the unintended consequences of taking a public that has more full faith and confidence in the banking system than maybe people in this room do <laughs> that we want them to have full faith and confidence in the banking system. They know the FDIC insurance is there. They know it works. They put their money in. They're going to get their money out. So there, there's a select crowd of people that are in the institutional side. And if they want to understand this, they're going to find a way to understand this. There's a bunch of law firms represented in this room. There's a bunch of people that will charge them by the hour a lot of money to explain this all to them. And, and, and it's fine. I don't, have a, I don't have a problem with that. And they all have huge staffs. But I would be careful about the unintended consequences of starting to blast too much of this out in the general public. And the FDIC said, we can't let anybody know what's going on here, right? We And we talked about this for a couple of weeks. We can't have this uh, unintended consequence happen. What were they talking about? They were talking about a couple of things. And I hate it when I'm right, but sometimes it's great to be right, right? Because we can actually then be in the right place at the right time, thrive, grow, get out of harm's way. Well, what the FDIC was talking about was a potential run on the banks because of low capitalization. Banks have been lowly capitalized, you know, since March of 2020, when the Federal Reserve moved the reserve requirement to 0%. So for all deposits, checking and savings, 0% reserve requirement means that they don't have to have anything on hand at all. So they're open for a bank run. This is why we saw Silicon Valley Bank, Signature Bank, um, Silvergate, First Republic, and then moved overseas to uh, UBS, well, UBS having to buy out Credit Suisse and so forth. So that was the backdrop, right? But now you've got this other issue happening of FDIC being completely underfunded. So when you add those two together, and how underfunded are they? Well, they've got $125 billion of assets to cover $17.5 trillion. That's 0.7 of a percent. 0.7 of a percent of all banking assets are basically insured. So forget about the $250,000 limit. See, this is where when I've talked in the past about it, hey, you got to get out of harm's way. You got to go to a safe bank. I would avoid some of the big boys like JP Morgan and Citibank and Bank of America and so forth because they all have tens of trillions of dollars of derivatives debt. And I'd also avoid the very small ones like your local mom and pops that only have one branch. They don't have enough capital to withstand a storm. So here's where um, in the past, I've said, hey, regional banks are probably safer because they have multiple branches and they have more capital to withstand a storm, or credit unions are probably the safest. Every bank that we've seen failed has now been regional banks because the game has changed. Big banks are buying out medium banks. Medium banks are buying out small banks. As this move towards a central bank digital currency is becoming more and more pronounced, right? Because it's hard to manage the masses. If you have thousands of banks, and some of those presidents of banks aren't going to want to have a central bank digital currency. This is a problem, right? So, but it's easy to corral the masses if there's only six or seven of them. You know, if there's only six or seven big banks, you know, then, then hey, they're in cahoots with each other. You can corral them and, and move towards a central bank digital currency system. See, this is the world that we're moving into headlong. You've got now got a council, you know, of economic advisors with the chief of that whispering into President Biden's ear, 
dethrone the dollar. The dollar's bad. We got to change the world's reserve currency. This is America. He's advising the president with anti-American sentiment and communist ideals. It's like we're in a different world, a different space right now. So how do you protect and preserve and grow and thrive in this environment? See, this is why I'm shouting from the rooftop so much, silver, 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 because A, as a tangible asset, it protects you from banking failures. It protects you from the inflationary policies that are going on. But B, it gets you out of the system of being in that digital, being a digital slave in this digital world that they're building. So with silver comes two things, protection and provision. See, that's an amazing combo to have in this world. This is why you can have a smile on your face, be in the right place at the right time, growing, thriving, taking advantage of these trends so they don't take advantage of you. So I would encourage everybody watching this, to, if you haven't allocated into silver already, do so. Call my office, 720-605-3900, because we've got these, these officials being appointed, not elected, appointed like Jared Bernstein, who's anti-American communist sentiment, um, wants the dollar dethroned as king. This is the advice that our president is getting, but he doesn't really need that kind of advice and support because it's how he thinks anyways. Right. So so it's just icing on the cake. But yet don't fret. Don't frown. Have a smile on your face. Allocate into strength and watch what silver does for you in these markets. It's growing. It's thriving. It's moving forward with a gusto. And we need to take advantage of that. God bless. We'll talk to you soon. Bye bye. Did you know as of today, silver cannot go below $19 an ounce? That's right, because it costs $19 to make an ounce of silver. But your 401k can go to zero. And that's why so many people are transferring much of their IRA and their 401ks into physical precious metals. To protect your wealth, you can go to sparrowgold.com today to talk to one of our advisors. Or if you're like me, you can text or call 720-605-3900 to get a free consultation and a free guide. In these unstable times, you can have peace of mind. Go to spirogold.com or text or call 720-605-3900 today.